John chapter six, you are what you eat. Oh, but I think, I, I think you've heard this one before. So, okay, we'll kind of skip it and go on to John chapter seven. But you need to remember in John chapter six, you are what you eat. You got to feed on the word of God. You got to feed on it regularly. And you've really got to focus in on it. It's not a matter of reading, you know, it's not a matter of reading the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation chapter 22. Like, you know, I've read it. Like, okay, good. But it's a matter of focusing in on what God is trying to say. That's the thing you got to pick up on. You have to understand what's going down. It's not, this isn't just any old book that you can just read from cover to cover and just go, oh, well, I guess I know it now. No, you, you keep going back and forth to that same book and it just gets richer and richer or whatever that chapter is or whatever that verse is. God keeps opening our hearts to a deeper understanding. And that's the question I'm asking this morning is, do you understand? That's the one thing my teachers drilled into me when I was in school, you know, because I would be sitting there daydreaming, looking at the ceiling or looking out the window and they'd say, McCrory, do you understand? You know, and I'd go, oh, you know, no, not really. Like I wasn't the fastest kid in school, but they kept trying to get me to participate. And that's what you have to do. John chapter 7, right after John chapter 6, John chapter 6 is saying, you know, if, if ever the church had a statement, it would be 668, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. We may not know very much, but we know one thing. You have the words of eternal life. The words of eternal life are found in this book right here. And this is where we've got to go always. And as Christ is going to give us the wisdom to understand this when we ask for it. Okay. So feed on the word of God. But chapter seven says, you got to start focusing on understanding what God is saying to you. Three habits are going to be pointed out here by Christ that prevent you from understanding the scriptures. Three really bad habits. First one is following the majority. Second one is fearing the authorities. And the third one is focusing on the messenger. And he's going to show us three really good habits that secure understanding. And those are follow your heart, not the majority, and learn to ask questions. You've always got to be asking questions. Fear God, not the authorities. Seek the truth. Don't fear trouble. Seek the truth. Focus on the message, not the messengers. Learn to knock, right? And you, we really pick this up in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 10. Everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. That's what you got to do. That's what Jesus is going to teach us here in John chapter 7. And that's what we got to focus in on. Get rid of those three really bad habits that we have and pick up three really good habits so that we understand God's word that much deeper. Jumping into the text, the first section right here, his brothers, you're going to see, are guilty of following the majority, okay? 
After these things, Jesus is walking in Galilee. He was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. He knows the Jews are seeking to kill him. And here comes the feast of the, the feast of the Jews, the feast of booths was near. This is right now in the book of John, chapter seven here, we're six months out from the Passover, the last Passover from his death. We're six months out. And so he's he's headed that way back to Jerusalem. He knows what's going on, right? Therefore, now catch his brothers here. They said, leave, go into Judea so that your disciples may see your works, which you're doing. No one does anything in secret. And when he himself seeks to be known publicly, if you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers were believing him. Come on, you got to go down, show yourself to the world, you know. If the world believes in you, Lord, well, actually, if the Lord believes in you, Jesus, we'll believe in you, right? Because we follow the majority. So prove to us who you are by proving to the world. If everybody else is going to follow, we're going to follow, right? What does Jesus say in response? My time, my time is not yet here, but your time's always opportune. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that it's... And then what? Having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. And what happens? The brothers go. See? And the thing you have to say is, what didn't they do? <laughs> they didn't ask him to explain. Like, the first thing that's going to jump out at me is when, when he looks at me and I'm his brother, I'm, he's going to say, my time is not yet here. Whoa, you know, what do you mean my time is not yet here and my time is opportune? Could you explain this a little? But his brothers don't ask. His brothers don't want to listen to him. If the world accepts you, we accept you. So off they go down too. So that's the first habit that prevents understanding is to follow the crowds. Learn to ask the right questions. Because if you don't ask the questions, you'll never get understanding. You need to... I mean, it's only a given, like it's a duh moment, right? But so many kids, so many adults, so many people just want to follow the crowd. And they don't want to get the understanding. They don't want to ask the questions to get the understanding. The second one here is the crowds are guilty of fearing the authorities. Verse 10, well, his brothers had gone up, then he himself went up. Not publicly, but as if in secret. Jesus had to go in secret because the Jews are at the gates waiting for him. If they see him, they're going to arrest him, right? And this isn't the time for him to die. He had to wait till the Passover. So he's got to come in secretly. And then he stands up in the middle of the temple and he starts to teach. or Because they were going to stop him. And he understood that. So the Jews were seeking him, verse 11, at the feast and saying, where is he? Where is he? Like, we want this guy really bad. And there's much grumbling amongst the crowd saying, well, he's a good man. And others are saying, no, no, he leads the people astray. But look at verse 13. No one was speaking openly of him for fear of the Jews. We're not discussing anything that this guy does. We're not discussing anything because the Jews will, will throw us out. The Jews will do something. They have this horrible fear 
of the authorities. If you're going to fear the authorities, you're not going to seek the truth because you're going to be afraid of what kind of trouble you can get into because you're asking the wrong questions. In this day and age, it's starting to get that way. If you ask the wrong question, make the wrong statements, people get on, right? There's so much fear in the world today. It's crazy. So the crowds were guilty of fearing the authorities. And then what do we have? The Jews are guilty of focusing on the messenger. Verse 14. Now, it, it, when it was now in the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he began to teach. And the Jews were astonished, saying, well, okay, so they're astonished at the stuff that he's teaching. They're astonished at everything he's saying. But they say, how has this man become learned, having never been educated? Now they attack the messenger, and they totally ignore the message. They're astonished at the stuff he's saying. But, oh, whoa, 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 we can't focus on that. What do we have to do? We have to say, who are you? Where do you come from? How'd you get this education? Jesus says, my teaching is not mine, but him who sent me. Anyone willing to do his will, he will know the teaching. You know, that's Romans chapter 12, verse 2, right? You want to prove the will of God? Put it into action. And you'll know this is the word of God. And that's pretty much what Jesus is saying here. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So Jesus is saying, you know, everything I'm sharing, none of it's mine. It's all coming from the Father. But that's okay. You're not even listening you're just attacking. So we've got the three examples. Following the majority, fearing the authorities, and focusing on the messenger. Three bad habits. Totally prevent understanding. So what do I got to do? I got to wake you up. I got to shake you guys so bad you're going to open your eyes. So that's what he does in 19, right? He, he now exposes them for their ignorance. He exposes them for their lack of asking the right questions. So he says, did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you carries out the law. Why do you seek to kill me? Well, the crowds aren't really in tune. They know the Jews got a problem. So the crowds answer, you've got a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Oh, this is good because now they're starting to ask questions. Jesus said, I did one deed and you all marvel. And this was like a year ago. Back in chapter 5, verse 5, when he went to, what, it was uh, the, the second Passover he was at. He's at the, he's by the sheep gate, the pool by the sheep gate called Bethesda. And a man was there who had been ill for 38 years, and he heals him on the Sabbath. So now they want to kill him, right? Now, this is really cool. Verse 22. For this reason, Moses has given you circumcision, not because it was from Moses, but from the fathers. And on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. For this reason, Moses has given you circumcision. You, you listen to people teaching Old Testament, right? And, and they give you this reason why you circumcise a man. And this is the reason why he has to be circumcised on the eighth day. And, and this is reason why the Jews had circumcision. 
Well, if you look at this, 22, Jesus says, this is the reason. Because when you circumcise the man on the eighth day, you will end up breaking the Sabbath law. This is the reason he gave you circumcision. Why? So you can see that you're going to end up breaking the law. But that's okay, right? If a man receives circumcision, because the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses will not be broken, are you angry with me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? You guys are practicing, you're breaking. Here I am, I heal a man totally, and you're all over my, you want to kill me? You don't kill your, is, can you see the problem here? He totally exposes them, right? Don't judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment, right? And I'm, and, and I'm starting to think here, what is righteous judgment? Well, righteous judgment is ask questions, seek the truth, and knock. Ask God to give you the wisdom, right, before you make that decision. There's righteous judgment. So now he's exposed them all for their, their total hypocrisy. And so now what do we see in this text? Well, I believe they're empowered now with understanding, Right? Because now what do we see in verse 25? Now the people are going to what? They're, they're, they're not going to follow the majority. Now the people are starting to ask questions, right? Look at these guys. Some of the people in Jerusalem are saying, is this not the man whom they're seeking to kill? Look, he's speaking publicly. They're saying nothing. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? However, we know this man is from where this man is However, we, we know where this man is from, but whenever the Christ may come, no one knows. So now they're really digging and they're starting to talk. They were set free from that foolishness of following the majority. He's empowered them. He's challenged them, ask questions. And then they've asked these questions and he says, hey, you both know me and you know where I'm from. And he's not talking Bethlehem. And I have come, I have not come out of myself, I have not come of myself, but him who sent me is true, whom you do not know. I know him because I am from him and he sent me. So they were seeking to seize him and no one laid his hand on him because his hour had not yet come. But look at 31. Many of the crowd believed in him and they were saying when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has, will he? Now the people are starting to think. Now they're starting to reason. They're looking at his miracles and going, this has to be the Christ. And I, I like what he says, you both know me and where I am from. If you go back a little bit to the very beginning of John, chapter 3, there's this guy named Nicodemus in chapter 3, verse 2. He comes to Jesus by night and he says... Rabbi, we know where you have come from. We know you have come from God as a teacher. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, the rabbi could be speaking for the Sanhedrin, but I think he's speaking for everybody. And now everybody is starting to focus and ask the right questions. Now they're starting to get understanding. And then what happens? Well, the Pharisees, they're going, oh, no, everybody's starting to believe in him. Uh, they heard the crowd muttering, verse 32, saying these things. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers, go arrest this man. 
And then Jesus says, for a little while longer, I am with you. And then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me, but you won't find me. Where I am, you cannot come. What in the world does that mean, right? But what do the officers do, right? Do they fear the authorities? Check it out. Verse 45 of this text. The officers then, coming back to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and, and they said to them, why didn't you bring him? And the officers answered, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. So the officers don't fear the authorities. The officers fear God. They may not have understood what Jesus was saying for a little while longer, but they've never heard anybody talk like this. And now they feared him, not the authorities. And now the officers are starting to catch on to the understanding, which just enrages the, the, the Jews, the leadership, right? But I really like how he does that right there. And then drop down to 37, right? Focusing on the messenger? No, no. Focus on what? The message. Because then when you do, you're empowered, right? On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stands up. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost beings will flow rivers of living water. Now, you've really got to focus on this being a spiritual statement, right? The people got to focus on the statement, not focus on the person. But this he spoke of the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the spirit was not yet given him because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now look at verse 40. Some of the people, therefore, when they heard these words were saying, this certainly is the prophet. Why? Because of what he just said. They're thinking. They're starting to understand. They're starting to move forward. Jesus woke them up to their ignorance. And now what we have seen right here from 25, right down to verse 40 is they're starting to ask questions. Quit fearing the authorities, fear God. And they're starting to focus on the message, right? That's the door to understanding. You can read the Bible all you want, but you've got to learn to ask, seek and knock, or it's all just a waste of time. And what we're seeing here is Jesus is doing exactly what he came to do. Split the crowd. Create the division. Because there are some who want to learn the truth, i.e., what? Uh, back to chapter 6. You have the words of eternal life. Well, if he's got the words of eternal life, then we've got to dig into the scriptures and start seeking out what these words of eternal life are and how do we apply them so that we can have eternal life. But then there's the part that don't want it. Why? Because they're stuck in following the majority, fearing the authorities, and focusing on the messenger. So he splits the crowd. 25 to 40 is the crowd that's opened their hearts for the message. But then what do we see starting in 41? Still others were saying, surely the Christ is not going to come from Galilee. 
Has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the descendant of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. And some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid their hands up. That, that is the dumbest thing. Verse 42. And they said, right? He has to be of a descendant of David and he has to come from Bethlehem. Well, duh, why don't you go up to him and ask him, Jesus, where were you born? But nobody's asking him where he is born. His family would have told you he was born in Bethlehem. But you guys go on the assumption that you think you know. And you stay lost in your foolishness because you you're not willing to ask the question. And Jesus isn't going to go quickly to you and say, oh, wait a second, you know. Besides, he doesn't know what they're thinking. Well, I guess maybe he does know what they're thinking. But he wants people who have a hunger for the truth to come to him. They had the opportunity. But now, now, we follow the majority. And we're all agreed, right? Even down a little bit farther, we see, you know, the the Pharisees still think that he comes from Galilee because they didn't ask the questions. And what was the other one? Fear the authorities. Look what these guys do after this, the, the soldiers come back and they don't have, they answered him. You have not also been led astray. Have you verse 47? And then none of the rulers or the Pharisees has believed in him. Has he? And this crowd, which doesn't know the law, it's accursed. Now, what do you have? You've had the Pharisees and they're intimidating everybody present, including the officers and the people. They're intimidating, condemning everybody because they need to keep that fear. Because if they have this fear and they're control of the fear, they control the mob and they control the crowd. Lose your fear of the authorities. Set yourself free. Right? That's what you got to do. Fear God and seek the truth. So here we have them intimidating. And then, what do we have here? They said to Nicodemus, you are not also from Galilee, verse 52. Search and see, no prophet arises out of Galilee. And they are ignorant of his birth. And they continue to slam the messenger. And they totally ignore the message which we saw at the beginning of this chapter that they were totally astonished at what Jesus was teaching in the temple. The crowd split. And most people will condemn the Bible. Most people will condemn Christ. And if you ask them to give you an example, they have none. Ask them if they've even read the Bible. They haven't. And they're running on the ignorance of what they've heard the majority talk about. Because they, they don't ask the questions. But here's a brilliant statement that pops out at us. Because Nicodemus is now breaking free from those three bad habits that prevent understanding. And he's now starting to, what? Ask the questions. Quit fearing the authorities. And now, what about the message that he's brought to us? This is just brilliant. Our law does not judge a man. And I think our law does not judge is 
fear God. There's the law. You know, and he's, it's almost like he's making a statement unless it first hears from him. So we need to fear God first, and then you need to hear from the person. We need to ask the questions to see before we judge somebody, ask the questions and, and know what he's doing. Know what he's doing. Listen to what his answers are, and then we'll know what he's doing. Now we can judge. And, and he, he throws in, does it? You know, like Nicodemus is going, you guys aren't practicing what the law Old Testament teaches. We do not judge unless we first listen and then know. Then we can make a Verse 24, righteous judgment. Nicodemus is brilliant. Slow it moving. And, and people have to break free from, because he is in the Sanhedrin. And then we, we see Nicodemus three times in, in John, uh, in chapter 3, where he's coming to him to get some deeper insights. Chapter 7 here. Now he's starting to break free from the foolish thinking. And then we see him with uh, Joseph and he's preparing the body because he's come to his senses. Just a brilliant statement right there. You've got to feed on the word of God. But you've also got to understand it. And you've got to break free from those three habits, three bad habits that prevent you from understanding the scriptures. And that is following the majority, fearing the authorities and focusing on the messenger. You've got to get away from that. And what you've got to do is learn and practice three habits that secure your understanding of the scriptures, three habits that will set you free, that'll make you free. As John chapter 8, 31, 32 talks about. And those three habits are follow your heart. Don't follow the majority. And when your heart doesn't understand, ask questions. Fear God, not the authorities. And seek the truth. And the last one, focus on the message, not the messenger. That's the message I see. And it's brilliantly done in John chapter 7 with the examples of his brothers, the crowd, the Jews. And then you see him shatter their illusion. And then we see people now starting to, and they're starting to what? They're starting to believe. Why? Because now they're doing their own work. And that's the message for each one, one of us. Don't just listen to a preacher or a teacher or, or anybody. Yeah, we're, we're good to listen to. Write it down. Take the notes. But then you got to go back to the text and you got to start asking the questions. Others can't do it for you. You're totally responsible about what you understand from the scripture. And if you don't understand what somebody's teaching you, then why in the world are you not asking questions? You got to ask the questions. You can't fear the preacher. He can be wrong. So you got to ask him, right? You only have to fear God. And then what's the message that's coming across? And if it's not coming across clear enough for you, then get down and ask the questions. 
because that way we help protect one another. We've always got to be challenging one another because we want to grow through all of this. Don't just accept stuff blindly. Don't follow that majority. Ask the questions. And I believe that's what John chapter 7 is all about. And that's what I leave with you today. Thank you.